Hello, everyone. Welcome to the IVC Alumni Insights Podcast. My name is Maya, and I'll be your host for today's episode. We will be sitting down with Melissa Mokhtari, who successfully transferred from IVC to UC Berkeley as an applied math major, and is now working as a technical program manager at Facebook. Okay, hey, I'm Melissa Mokhtari. Um, I started out at Irvine Valley College. Um, I took one class at Saddleback uh, because I had to take bio there because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And then I decided not to do that. So mostly IVC is where I got my start. Um, I transferred to UC Berkeley in 2016, um, where I majored in applied math with an emphasis in power engineering. Um, And got involved in some clubs there, happy to go into that, uh, and ended up working at Facebook Infrastructure as a technical program manager. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Um, Before we move on to like the Facebook and the university stuff, I would like to know a bit about your college life at IVC. Um, So like, what what were some of the classes that you take that greatly helped you out with your current path that you would recommend students of your majors to take? Oh, um, um great question so probably like my my favorite classes at IVC were my math classes with Sanjay Gupta oh he knows that um so and for context in high school I got C's in math and I hated it Uh, and uh I took like one math class like I took um calc two with someone at, at IVC, it was kind of challenging, but I got through it. And then I decided I wanted to do, I wanted to keep the doors open to like a STEM career. So I took multivariable calculus and linear algebra and differential equations with subject. Oh, wow. So that's three semesters of. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and uh, in general, those topics are really interesting, but the way that he teaches it also makes it super accessible, um, especially if you're starting out with not a lot of confidence. Um, other ones are physics. That's just like me going into tech and STEM and having an interest there again. So um, I took the mechanical physics class and then I took electricity and magnetism, which is a awesome class to take if you want to have like an aha moment about how the world works. Um, what else? And then um, I didn't know at the time that I would end up in tech. Uh, I, I didn't know at all what I wanted to do with my life, but I did take, um, I took uh, C plus or C and C plus plus programming, JavaScript and data structures. Oh wow! All of which I didn't do very well at at all, but it was it's very pertinent training for anyone, I guess now <laughs> to just know a little bit about how computers and programming works. So I recommend taking those, even if it's just to like observe and not try to get a huge grade. Um, I got like A's and B's, but we can talk about GPA later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if, if you're going towards a technical role, I love those, but also it's great to get your, um, like I think the, the humanities courses there were great. Mm-hmm. I took, um, uh, not international relationships, comparative politics. Um, and like a theater history class. And they were really fascinating. I love the small class sizes at IVC. It's something I missed a lot after transferring. So um, yeah, just try to get 
get your GEs out of the way and, and take Gupta's class and take physics and programming and take whatever you're curious about, basically. That's how I had a good experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So um, I noticed on your LinkedIn that you have some really great extracurriculars at IVC, like you founded the green team. Like I know the green team. Um, um, it, it's really cool. Um, so would you like to talk about your past extracurriculars and what do you recommend doing and like yeah I would love to so I'll start with the green team because you noticed that so my friend Alvin Igna and I when we were both at IVC so by the way we were in the honors program which helped us kind of like make friends uh, in the honors program but I don't think it's necessary to be in the honors program to have an impact Mm -hmm. um but what we did is we noticed uh that IVC didn't recycle pretty much like there were there was nothing Uh um and you would expect more from like something in Irvine like quite a progressive city Mm -hmm. in terms of like the type of operations they do for the environment um we got in touch with some professors we just asked around until somebody told us oh there's a big like you know those big bin containers on the outskirts of campus that they put storage into like those just big metal storage containers on the field I think I might have seen them, but I'm not sure. Maybe they're not there anymore, but they're just these like standard huge storage containers. And someone pointed out that there are old like bins, like trash bins in there that you can reuse if you want to. So that we got the key uh, and we pulled them out and spread them around um, campus. Um, And then every Friday we would put on gloves and sort them because we labeled it as recycling. So we put on gloves and sorted them so we could get like the recyclable items out of the trash that was mistakenly put in there and then like drove it to a recycling center and did that. So um, I, as far as we know, IVC didn't really have any like school-wide recycling before then. And we just continued doing this like Friday after Friday after Friday. And the way we kept it fun is like we were just friends. So we like enjoyed the quality time together and it was kind of like an adventure um and then we basically like put that into the like club that it is now which is the IVT, ivc green team to see if we could get people to help us we didn't really have a lot of people to help us it was just like us two and maybe like one person would join us sometimes um but we called it a club and it became like um took the club place yeah. or whatever like um and when it was time for us to transfer, we wrote some letters like to um, some folks in admin who we felt like would have a good influence on this and just told them like, here's what we've been doing, here's the results. Um, and we think it'd be really worthwhile for you to establish this as like an administrative program. Um, and since we left, it has been. So now IVC has those like legit recycling bins. <laughs> um, I like to think it was because of us, but we don't take full credit. It's just like, I'm sure we were part of the momentum that got the administration there. Um, So that's probably one of the things I'm like most proud of at IVC because it was not necessarily academic, but I I use that now in interviews, even in my interview to apply for Facebook and everything to demonstrate like that I've taken initiative before and like identified a problem and worked collaboratively with someone to solve it. So yeah. I don't know, like, if you can apply that to, you know, remote working now, but there's, there's tons of like problems everywhere. And if you just like figure out a good way to solve one, it's always nice. 
Um, so that's the recycling thing. Um, you don't have to do that to transfer into your dream school. <laughs> the other um, extracurriculars I did were undergraduate research. Um, so through the honors program, they do a lot of communication about this, at least back then. I think they do now still about like research conferences. Um, and I wanted to do them because I thought like it's a, I love the act of researching stuff and learning and I was curious and I had no idea what my major would be. So I thought it was a good opportunity to learn um, what, like what, what I could do. So um, I did three research things through my span at IDC. The first one was um, like, they were all kind of like literature research. I didn't have to like pull out any like research rigs or whatever. Um, the first one was around the social impact of hydroelectric dam development in Northeastern Brazil. And I found this topic when I was like strolling through the UCI library, the Langston library at UCI. And I like found a book on it. And then I'm like, okay, well, this looks like a good research topic. No one seems to be talking about it. And the people building these like dams, which are meant to be like good, renewable energy, environmental, good for everyone are actually displacing like thousands of people and like causing a slum like overpopulation oh. in the cities of Brazil. Um, and there is research existing out there, but I just did one that focused on one particular dam, like found primary sources on the internet and stuff um, and uh, made it like a whole, the messaging was like, you know, if you're gonna go into like engineering or something, it's always good to, to be conscious of like what the impact of your thing has, even if you think it's good uh, on the surface level. That was the first one. Um, and then I did one on a poster, like a research poster oh, presentation okay. on um, the effects. I don't know how I got to this topic, but I like art. So I did the effects of World War II on visual arts in Western Europe. Um, <laughs> So then I just got to like look at pieces of artwork and try to analyze like how the the like tor mental torment of the war came through in the artwork. Um, so that was cool, like little digression into the art world. Mm -hmm. And then the third one I did was um, came out of a research paper that I wrote during writing 2H, the class oh. 2H, um, where they have you write a really long research paper anyways. So I turned it into a presentation and it was on the um, impact of um media depictions of technology on the adoption of driverless cars so like at the time um tesla was just coming out like we were just starting to talk about tesla mm -hmm. like and electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles around that time like rolling it out to the public yeah. so i was looking at like different ways that driverless cars had been advertised up, up until then and then also like movies and TV shows and like general public conversation about driverless cars that led to like this phenomenon where people didn't actually trust it and still don't. <laughs> but um, it's like this pattern of like adopting technology uh, over history that always seems to be repeated. So um, that was the third one. And, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't rave more about like the opportunity that those undergrad research conferences give you to just like be curious and explore whatever you think is interesting. Um, Cause that's like, that's your chance to like rule out 
what majors you like, what majors you don't like, or like what interests you have as a person outside of academia. It's just like, I am interested in this and I am proud of myself for having done that. So, um, so, so there was the recycling and the research. And then um, from doing the research, like I just did these conferences over and over and over again. So uh, with some other like awesome women in the honors program at the time, we were holding sessions for other people at IDC, I, IVC who wanted to learn how to do research and figure out how to pick a topic and what they wanna do. So we held some sessions um, and we were like the honors program student research leads, <laughs> which I think is a position you can still have. Um, and if not, then just carve it out for yourself. Um, yeah, those are, those are my main extracurriculars. Um, well, that, that's amazing and I, I will tell you that like green team is like a really solid team right now so um you started you might have started off small with like two people like that's like that's I mean that's really amazing and also um the research I am currently also working on a research project and like and then I your topics are like really cool like it has like different varieties and like it's so interesting. Like I really like doing research too. So, and I would encourage um people to do research. Yeah. What's your topic? Um, I, I'm in like the research project for creative research challenge. Like I'm working for the coming up with the business and economic side of research abstract. Like the topic I wrote was identifying market opportunities during. COVID-19, like when the pandemic's right, and trying to yeah. find out, like identify them. So that, that was my kind of topic, but but cool. thank you. Yeah, um, thank you. So I think your, your, what you did was really cool too. And, mm -hmm. and also um, I have like another question, like you mentioned, like you, you took Sanjay Gupta for like three classes. So like, was he one of your favorite professors or, were there other professors you connected the most um, with at IVC and would recommend to other students? Yeah, they're all great. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, when I think about, um, think thinking back on my professors at IVC after having transferred, what I'm most grateful for about every single one of them is like, they, they are always there for their students. Like it's, they're very um, approachable and easy to get in contact with Definitely. In part because of the small class sizes, but I also think they have like, uh, like a deeper sort of like connection to each cohort of students that they have in general. Um, so Professor Lewis Long, uh, oh. who taught the 2-H class where I wrote that paper about driverless cars, um, I specifically recommend his class and because I don't know if he's doing this anymore in his class, but he is a person, is a great person to talk about about this, but he's kind of like knows everything to me. He knows everything about like advertising and media. And he like kind of changed the way that I look at advertising and media and like propaganda um, and news. I took his class in 2015, right before the 2016 election. And then went from 2016 to, to now, we're like talking way more about like misinformation and all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like his class really prepared me to be like have my head on straight during that time. Um, uh, Dr. Kay Riles, she used to be the honors program director. Now she's still teaching. Um, 
she was the director for like a decade or more. Um, now she's still teaching. She, I think she teaches writing 1H and probably some other stuff. Um, her, she also just like picks out really fascinating literature and like forces you to make connections between works that you never would have connected. I, I felt really like passionate about her class. Um, Alex Sim, oh. if he's still teaching physics. Yeah, wonderful. Just like such a passionate guy about physics and like it's contagious. Um, uh, Seth Hoshwald makes computer science very fun um, and easy. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, most of my classes ended up being like math, physics, and CS. Yeah. Um, and then the humanities that I had to take, which I can't remember the names of the professors, but they were good. So, yeah. Great. Um, I, I've heard from my other friend about Professor Louis Song, who teaches writing 2H, and he, he said um, he was especially great. And, <laughs> and I have taken um, Professor Sims' class and Professor Hogwell's class, too. Um, both of the professors are great. Um, Sim really knows what, I mean, teaches really well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. It's great that you got that opportunity. <laughs> I, I like cherish that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so um, let's move on to like the res campus resources you took advantage of while you were in college and would recommend other students. Yeah, um, at IVC, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the honors program, like if you're in it already, great. If you're not in it, check it out. See if you're like eligible or whatever. And if not, just like, I don't know, um, keep track of like honors program announcements anyways, because a lot of the activities that they um, send out, like the research conferences are not, like you don't have to be in the honors program. So um, that was a good way to just like build connection to like what's going on, community, with like other students and then also uh, having that lounge on campus just made it seem like a lot more like an on-campus experience. We had the old lounge though. Now they have like a beautiful new one. The old one was like so small. So we all got really <laughs> close to each other, um, but it was fun. Um, I took advantage of when college applications came around. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. There's a counselor. There, there's great counseling at IBC in that center building. I forgot what it's called. And I'm sure everybody has to go through that to make sure they have like the transfer credits they need. And that was definitely like something that really put me at ease knowing, like I told them, hey, I wanna go to UCLA or Berkeley. Please tell me like that I'm doing the right thing. Um, and yeah, they just made sure every semester that I'm like on track and things look good. So that's obviously like wonderful. Um, and then, uh, when college application time came around, there were a lot of um, like essay editing workshops where you would go in and like give your essay to personal statements and stuff to people who are in the field that you're applying for the major for. Um, so I utilized those, obviously the undergrad research conferences, um, and then just like went to different events of, of different clubs, even if I wasn't like the like trying to run something. So like um, ASEC. Oh. Yeah. Is that the engineering one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ASEC was cool. They had some like fun competitions mm -hmm. and events. I'm sure they're doing like in 
informative stuff over Zoom now too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it, I think. Great, great. Those are great. Um, yeah, I think for the honors program, I'm in the honors program and they do have really cool research programs. So like to anyone who's going to be watch it, watching this, um, join the honors program. So yeah, um, if like um, you could go back to college, like are there some of the things that you wished you did that you could, that could have helped you out more in the future? Yeah. Um, um, if you're planning to transfer to a four-year university, um, one thing that I think like I would tell myself <laughs> is, uh, well, let me give you a little bit more background as to why I'm saying this. I feel like a lot of the advice that's given to like students who want to transfer is like, you have to start a club, do research, get a, take all the classes and like be perfect everywhere. Um, that's not easy to do. Uh, and I think another like really important thing I realized after transferring to Berkeley is uh, how much it helps when you are in IVC and I'm not saying this to add another burden, like overhead to all the things you already have to do, but uh, learning what works for you to take care of your mental health is really important. Um, Cause it's one thing to be at IVC, you have enough stressors going on already with like wanting to transfer and whatever else you have going on. Uh, but then if you, if you uh, take yourself to a four year, um, and suddenly you're you're surrounded by like kind of a much more competitive environment. It's much easier to compare yourself with students who uh, did their freshman and sophomore years at that school and maybe uh, accustomed already to the environment and everything. Um, and you're still going to have struggles with some adjustment period, um, especially if you're doing some like going to a school that requires you to move to another place. Um, so. My advice to my past self would be don't feel ashamed to set up like practices or routines or something that fuel you um, and like reset you mentally. For me, it was going to the gym every morning. Like I would yeah. uh, I would spend like two hours of my day, like because it would be like driving there, working out, driving back, showering, like ultimately two hours a day, which back then I was like two hours a day, like I could spend that doing like three units of this class that I have to study for. Um, but it, it fueled me like, so then I was able to perform better everywhere else. Um, so yeah, don't, don't feel ashamed to take care of yourself and your body. Cause you only have one, you only have one brain. Um, and building that sort of like habit right now will help you really adjust a lot better to university and to your career. So Amazing. I really liked um, what you talked about, like um, taking care of your mental health, like, especially in this pandemic kind of time. It's extremely important. And mm -hmm. also um, how I like I liked how you set up the routine of like going to the gym, gym and then how it helped you perform better throughout the day and focus better. Like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm trying to work out, too. But so far, it's not going really well, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it's a continuous battle. And like for like to to all of your credit like you guys are dealing with a challenge that I did not have 
Um, so me saying I'm going to the gym and stuff probably just sounds like, all right, yeah, I get it. You <laughs> didn't have a pandemic or something. But um, these days, what I'm doing is um, every morning I try to walk for an hour, just like wherever, walk anywhere, put on music that you like, walk for an hour and think about your goals and how great you are. Um, Cause that that's like the same effect. Like you don't have to get like a serious workout in. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody can find a way to like, just focus on themselves once a day. Thank you. I mean, that's really important. I, I really like that you focused on that point. Um, so now let's um, move on to the transfer process that I want to ask about. So which schools did you apply and like what were the results and why you chose UC Berkeley? Um, good question. I applied to UCI, UC San Diego, UCLA, and Berkeley. And I think that's it. Because um, I wanted to be near a coast. <laughs> um I got into all of them oh wow um it was like such a nice such a nice season of my life to be getting those um uh for UCI I got in with some scholarship uh which I didn't take uh and I always think about like what if I did take that and then I would get better grades at UCI I think because Berkeley is uh they kind of curve your grades down, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, so yeah, I got into all of them. Um, ultimately I grew up in Irvine basically. So the main part of my decision was I want to experience living somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ruled out UCI. Um, it kind of ruled out San Diego because I felt like it was a similar thing. Um, so I ruled out San Diego Uh, And then it was between UCLA and Berkeley, which I loved both schools so much. Um, And if if I got in in high school, I probably would have picked UCLA just because I love LA. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also just ultimately decided um, UC Berkeley was probably better for my major applied math. Yeah. they had the applied math track, which means you could choose your electives and do something really custom and cool. And I love that. Um, and then it was like the furthest away. So um, that's how I picked. Oh, cool. Um, would you mind telling us about your transfer GPA? First? Um, I can tell you. Um, 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 let me see if I can find my actual transcript so that I don't say a lie. Um, <laughs> it was... I found the transcript. This is the good thing about Zoom panels, right? Like I can just look yeah. something up. <laughs> um, where is it at? Cumulative total, 3.79. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Very um, close, like to 3.8. Um, so yeah, close. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's 3.8 if you round it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what do you think that set you apart from other transfer applicants? And what would you consider are your greatest strengths that shown through the essay? Hmm. Um, I think what helped highlight my strengths, um, what did I write about? I think one of my, so back then the UC application was just two essays. I think now you have to answer like six questions or something, right? Uh-huh. Is that right? Do you know, yeah, um, it's like I think four okay. prompts or something like okay. that. Gotcha. So we had two prompts back then. One of them was like 
more personal. And then one of them was like, why are you choosing your major? What do you want to do with your life? So um, for the personal one, I'm talking about both my essay and in my whole application in general. I think the recycling program thing helps me stand out because it kind of hit multiple birds with one stone, which was like, you're passionate about something. Uh, you want to make places better than you found them and you're able to execute. Um, so uh, that does, again, that doesn't have to be like you setting up a recycling program. It could be like you running College Leap or you like doing whatever at your job or your school. Um, but I wrote my essay about that um, to kind of like, because I felt like in the application portal, I couldn't really highlight like what that journey was actually like um, and like all the steps involved, um, how it was like a date, like weekly, like literally jumping into trash and stuff. It's the, the essays are a great place to illustrate something that, you know, visual or whatever. Um, and then um, um, I don't remember what I wrote for the professional one or why I explained I like math. I don't, I don't remember, but I think I, I just knew it was like, um, what drew me to math as a major is like, I just felt like it was the answer to everything. <laughs> um, so I like wrote it in like in a less corny way, um, that that was what I wanted to do. Uh, but yeah, so 3.79 as my GPA, I, th I think I had no reason to worry about it, but I was worried because everyone is. Um, and I think what really helped me stand out is like those extracurriculars, doing research, doing the recycling thing and trying to teach others. Um, and you can do that at like a part-time job too. Like if there's some leadership like role or responsibility you can do at your job and make it better. Those I hope are, that's yeah. <laughs> I think I think those are really great points that I mean like making the community better and like stuff like that leadership and those really stand out. So um I think I think you talked about the topics and like how you conveyed. So um to a student of your major, like what activities would you recommend doing that would help them become a competitive candidate for a transfer process mm -hmm. or like better um, prepare for future career paths in the field? Good question. For a math major, um, I didn't do a lot of extracurriculars that used math. Mm -hmm. um, that was another reason I was like a little concerned about my application. Um, uh, I just did my best at my math classes. Um, that's obviously number one. And uh, for like, if there is an honors class in your major, take it. I took honors differential, differential equations. with oh, wow. He yeah. teaches it every now and then. Like, I don't know if he does it every year, but sometimes it comes back. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so that was like an even smaller class size. And we did some upper division math in there, like proofs. So that was my first introduction to proofs. So that's a, maybe a good piece of advice, whether or not you take an honors class. Um, mm -hmm. If you have time, uh, look up proofs for stuff, like look up early introduction to mathematical proofs, because that will um, that'll that'll just be all you do in your second and or yeah, in your two or three years that you do at your uh, four-year university. So um, 
that's important. And then um, for me, because it was applied math, I was able to kind of like identify places where I felt like I wanted to apply the math. <laughs> At the time, I thought it would be in like transportation engineering after doing all that car driverless car research. So something I said in my essay is like, I'm interested in tra traffic flow and the mathematics of it and how you can like, uh, like manipulate traffic traffic okay. flow with better design. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm still not very good at math. I mean, I mean, those are like really great points, like self-learning um, by yourself, like other than just taking classes. And I mean, I honestly think you're good at math though, because I mean, you've even graduated and working at Facebook, so there's no way you aren't good at it. <laughs> okay, so, um, so what advice would you give yourself at the beginning of the transfer process and like the key insights that you gained while applying for transfer that you would like um, to share? Um, advice during the transfer, what helped? Um, um, have people read your essays. Mm -hmm. So start early. Yeah, start early. <laughs> and I feel like um, for, for, people who are at IVC, but like tried applying to colleges in high school, mm -hmm. um, you might kind of like feel a familiar sense or like pull some lessons from back then that you can teach yourself, which is like, for me, again, it was like, have people read your essay. Cause in high school, I was so arrogant. That I just like thought I'd write the best essay in the world and submitted <laughs> it, didn't get it anywhere. Um, but anyways, I saved money. So um, yeah, uh, have people read your essay and start early. That's it. Like. Definitely. You've already done all the work you needed to get up to that point. So don't stress too much about like, oh, I need to start doing something new so that I can like get in somewhere. Just, yeah, yeah. trust I yourself. I think it's kind of late at the, at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and so like um, based on your experience, like what do admission officers look for the most in an applicant? Like your GPA was high, but like if, if the applicant GPA wasn't, that high like how could they still compensate um ability to show maturity uh mm -hmm. in your essays so like um if you can demonstrate that um uh, you know outside of your gpa you had some uh um extenuating circumstance if you're if you're struggling with something which by the way i'm pretty sure a lot of schools are going to start thinking about the covid year yeah differently. Um, but also if you have like family responsibilities or, um, other work that you've been doing that, like you've been spending time on in addition to your academics, highlight that, like, it's not, it doesn't come off to them as complaining as much as saying, like, look at all the things I can do at once. I have the maturity to like take on a upper div course load and deal with life at the same time. Um, so that's, that's definitely like something you can highlight about yourself. Great. Yeah, that's that's definitely, definitely a great point. And now we can move on to our um, internships and career related topics. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I needless, I mean, needless to say, I stalked your LinkedIn and I know you work, you're working at Facebook as a technical ma program manager. So um, like, can you share about some of your responsibilities and how you get started working at Facebook? 
Yeah. Um, so my day-to-day -day work is to work with software engineers as well as physical engineers like electrical, mechanical, network, uh, and site operations engineers to make sure that Facebook's data centers um, are planned well and run as best as possible. Um, I, uh, I'll give you a little like overview of how I got there, uh, what I did in Berkeley mostly. Um, so once I transferred to Berkeley, my first semester was just like kind of a hot mess, like trying to like being really excited to be there, focusing on the classes and then joining and unjoining a bunch of clubs and even a sorority when, when oh. like, just to figure out like, what did I want to do? Who, what kind of community did I want to build? Yeah. Um, first, first semester, like everything failed. Like I, I just like didn't find my people or anything. And then um, second semester, I took a course called Berkeley Method of Entrepreneurship. Uh, which is just like a one-week course on business and stuff. Uh, and that helped me find a good community. And then I did, uh, I joined a club called Blockchain at Berkeley, which was like just a student-run research and consultancy. It was really small. Blockchain didn't blow up yet at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't even know what it was, but, I, but it sounded like cool. <laughs> like everyone there was just like cool and I wanted to be friends with them. So, um, so I'm saying that to say like I got my footing at Berkeley over the span of like several months of just like trial and error of of where I felt like I was useful or like could add value and also felt like I was getting value. Um, at Blockchain at Berkeley, it was a super small um, little team of students who were passionate about learning about cryptocurrency, oh, wow. passionate about learning about blockchain technology and how it could change the world, not just in the corporate space, but like how it could actually change the way that we trade yeah. value. Um, um, as part of that, and so like lots of schools have consultancy orgs in general. Um, they're around a plethora of different topics and I'm sure there's blockchain clubs now at every like UC and other school. Um, but the cool thing about that club is they they start you out usually doing like internal projects. So they kind of assign you like a topic and they say, like, come up with a pitch deck or like a prototype with with a small team of people um, for like applying blockchain to voting is what my first one was. Um, and uh, um, that gives you experience like bringing a product from an idea to a minimal viable product, at least. Um, and I did that like multiple times to the point where once you earn a little bit more like experience in that community, you can start working with actual companies or nonprofits. Um, oh, wow. And I ended up um, working with a team who was doing um, uh, like blockchain prototypes for BMW or early R&D. Oh, wow. um, and then the next semester, uh, I became the project lead. Um, oh. so, uh, that gave me an experience that felt like an internship, but it was kind of like self, <laughs> just kind of get in there. Yeah. And I've never had an internship. So zero internship. Oh. And got a job at Facebook. I just want to let you know that. Oh, wow. um, I did study abroad uh, a summer because um it's hard to find a study abroad program uh, for a STEM major that keeps you on track to graduate in time because a lot of times they have you take, they're like humanities heavy or languages heavy. 
Um, but I found a, um, a study abroad program in Munich, Germany called Engineering for Sustainability. And they have you take smart vehicles, classes, a German language class, and then like uh, entrepreneur, another entrepreneurship thing. Um, so it was just like six weeks, but it was good experience. And I got to like kind of learn more uh, technical stuff about smart vehicles. Like, cause I, you know, now the IDC stuff is coming back cause I did some smart vehicle stuff and I'm like, oh, like I'm a fit for this. And I got into the program, um, but yeah, no internship. My main um, experience that kind of like got me to be technically fit for the role at Facebook was that blockchain stuff. Not because I work at blockchain on Facebook or work on blockchain at Facebook, but I um, did a lot of research just personally out of my own interest again uh, on the energy expenditure of Bitcoin mining farms, which are just like these big warehouses of um, of uh, ASICs or specialized computer yeah. chips that just like run forever and ever to print Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're like super energy inefficient. Bitcoin is specifically. So I did a bunch of research on that, trying to quantify how much energy Bitcoin is taking and then trying to like come up with solutions. Um, and data centers, the stuff that runs like our usual business here, even Zoom, Facebook, whatever, uh, data centers are physically kind of similar to Bitcoin mining farms, just in that, um, they're big rooms full of computers. Facebook does it with renewable energy, but physically like the constraints and um, type of like trade-offs that you have to think about in efficiency and security and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I had that kind of like knowledge coming in there, which helped me qualify for this Facebook role. So um, no internships, but just kept on doing that habit of like researching stuff I was curious about, applying to hackathons, you can do hackathons without doing actual hands-on coding because you can help come up with like analytics or business reasons for why to do a certain project and people will get a lot of value from that. Um, and, and yeah, I did do a bunch of hackathons that, that cropped up like throughout my time. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. That's so rare though. I have like so many questions. Yeah. But like, I did. Oh, wow. Without that internship. That's amazing. I, I mean, I think I've never heard of anyone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So like, um, so was it like, after you graduate that you apply for Facebook or like before graduation? Before graduation. So I was applying to a, a ton of jobs. Um, <laughs> the from like October through December of my senior year at Berkeley oh, wow. um, and maybe through January I was applying. And then, so I think I applied to Facebook around November, got an interview around December and then continued the interview process and got the job in like mid January, um, which was nice because then I spent my last semester not worrying about employment. I was, yeah. I could just enjoy. That's um, crazy. Mm. Oh, and I, didn't, uh, I got interviews for other roles but I didn't really get like very many other offers like so you just have to keep trying <laughs> rejection sucks yeah I mean but that's great um did you like conduct your own research in your free time like do you do it like every week or like um every day it was like um 
Hmm. When I was doing my my extracurricular blockchain research stuff, I think I spent I tried to spend every day on it. And then the trade-off is that I didn't have a very good GPA at Berkeley at all. I think my I think my my GPA at Berkeley was like 3.1. To me, that was not good compared to my 3.79 that I came with with. So um the 3.1 is like kind of scary like especially when it's a downgrade from your past performance another reason why taking care of your mental health is important because you could like drive yourself crazy over that kind of stuff um but i ultimately decided like hey i found this community of people who i learn a lot from and who i feel like i have sort of like a special angle to look at things which was like i wanted to look at all things related to blockchain and power like how can blockchain change the energy industry and how can bitcoin stop being so energy expensive um so i, I was I, the only person at the time coming into it with that angle which gave me like kind of a special niche of my own to focus on and i felt like i had this like thing like this baby of like different projects and research i wanted to do and lead uh, with other people in the club that felt more meaningful than going crazy about my GPA and my classes. So I basically just scraped by at my classes <laughs> and I focused on that. Um, and I didn't put my GPA on my resume. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, oh, wow. That's, I mean, I'm kind of speechless, but like I'm more <laughs> very, very like I'm surprised, like in a in a great way. Like, wow, okay, this is the first time I've heard something like this. So, if you, I mean, yeah, if you can get an internship, that's great. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I wanted one. <laughs> like, I wanted to have one, but when you're a community college transfer, yeah, it feels really like you miss, yeah, you miss on some of the recruiting cycles. So, definitely, either you, yeah, either you get one your junior year or you make one for yourself <laughs> yes definitely um so like do you do you went abroad to study yeah oh wow so mm -hmm. like you take berkeley classes online oh no so the way it works is i did a summer study abroad program at a different university but the the entire uc system i believe partners with them it's called munich university of applied sciences um And then they were able to transfer some of the credits to Berkeley because they have this partnership. There were also a lot of students there from Cal Poly, uh, SLO, and maybe Pomona. Um, so I know that like the UC system is not the only one that they partner with there, but they weren't Berkeley classes. I see. Yeah. Um, so like, how did you develop the technical skills for like blockchain or like, um, if you need it, I'm not pretty i'm not very familiar with blockchain but i know that like bitcoin is very hot right now but yeah. um so like yeah how did you how did you prepare or like which resources did you consult for like your um facebook career and then like um how did you grow efficient at um those and then like yeah stuff like that um at blockchain at berkeley the people who started the club had already built out a curriculum uh, about yeah. blockchain and cryptocurrency. So yeah, there's another idea of something you can do that's fantastic. <laughs> um, start a course on something. Uh, At Berkeley, um, they were teaching it, I think just like 
I don't know, was it already a course? So at some point, it might've been before I joined, maybe after, but at some point they turned it into an actual Berkeley course because Berkeley has this program where students can apply to teach a course for like just a couple of units, but they get to teach an actual semester long course. And uh, the one that they did was on uh, fundamentals of blockchain oh. um, and how it works. So I was lucky to have found people who are already did a lot of that homework and like lectured about it. Um, and they were also my peers. So it made it like kind of more fun to engage in that, not just as a class, but like a social thing. Um, and then I, I think like the club itself sort of like required us, like soft required us to um, show up like every weekend for like a three or four hour session where we learn things, again, more lectures about this stuff and like discuss it with people. Um, I can't emphasize how, how important it is to like find people who have, who share those interests because talking about something really helps solidify your knowledge of, of the thing or your knowledge of what you don't know, what you could get better at. Um, so mostly through like social connections um, that I made through that club and being lucky enough to have a class that was like at Berkeley. Um, and actually the blockchain at Berkeley class or classes so there's like a fundamentals of blockchain and then there's like an intro to uh smart contracts so like actually building stuff um on youtube i think so you think you can find them oh wow yeah i, I think i've kind of heard, heard of like um berkeley student-led courses is it decal yep oh cool decal yeah. yeah actually i'm working at the or organization called like decode do you know that uh no what is it okay i think like they have also led like they have also started student-led courses like mm. yeah so i think that's really cool um and then also yeah that's amazing like the i mean and also like how you network with the people who are like really good and then like good at it and then like the people who are also passionate about what you want to do and like I think that's really cool. And and so like, um, are there some of the challenges that you have to overcome in your workplace? Like if you if you feel if you want to share like any of those challenges and like how you overcome um, like any relevant experience to help students like prepare better for their for mm. once they enter the workforce. Yeah. Um. A couple of things that were an interesting adjustment from college to full-time employment was uh, one was in college, you have a schedule for the semester and you know when your classes are and you know when you're gonna study. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of similar like cadence every week. You could do things differently because you don't work for anyone technically, but like, unless you work, but it's kind of like you have a structure. When I first joined Facebook, one of the things that took some getting used to was like every day was a little different, especially as a TPM where a lot of my work is centered around meetings with people. So it wasn't just like, I think if you're a software engineer, it's a little different because you just spend your days doing like hands-on coding like almost every day. Um, but for my role, uh, every day I had obligations to get to like meetings and like working sessions on stuff and whatever. 
but no two days were the same. So it took, it took some like adaptation just to that type of routine. I don't know if there's anything you can do in college to really prepare yourself with that for that, but maybe like um, the extracurriculars did give me a taste of like how every weekend working on these passion projects of mine was a little different. Like I was either like writing something or I was discussing something with someone or I was at an event or like trying to reach out to people in business who might be able to give us some insight. Uh, so that helped, but ultimately like, it, it might be an adjustment. <laughs> and then the second thing is um, just, if you, if you end up working like for a corporation or a nonprofit or something, um, work-life balance might be a new concept to people who are used to their past four years, maybe even eight years have been just like study, study, study and be the best. Um, work-life balance is something I learned over the past two and a half years at Facebook. Um, and it was just pretty amazing to me that you can just stop uh, working at five. Like if you feel like <laughs> you've done the work that you need to for the day, um, you have to figure out where that line is, where you feel like you have done a good job at work and it's okay for you to step away. Um, and ultimately, if you do work for a job that expects you to do like full-time work that is like 40 hours a week type work, um, then, uh, then you should like, it took me like, honestly, like the first year that I was working at Facebook, I kind of just like, I got to work at 6 a.m. And I left work at 6 p.m. because I thought that, because I wanted to do amazing. Like I wanted to prove myself and get a lot done. And I did well, but now I would never think of doing that unless there was like an emergency because um, yeah, it just takes your, it takes your life away from you, especially if you're starting out like in your early twenties and you have your youth and like, extra time you don't have kids to take care of or something um it's it's nice to like have that extra time to go see some friends or work out or like do whatever on the week uh on the weekday nights or weekends or whatever um so learning how to just like turn that down and stop overworking yourself when it's available to you is nice not to say like stagnate but it also gives you time to like work on a passion project at night. Like if you want to learn how to sew or something, you know, just like, or start a start selling your art or something, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't, um, I didn't know how to do that. Like I just like mentally did not know how to do that. <laughs> Great. I mean, I'm like, but I mean, I definitely like your, um, that you, you're very hardworking. Like you, you got to work at six and like that's like that's like 12 hours <laughs> yeah. it, it worked um I wouldn't glorify it but the like perks at the Facebook office did help a lot like it oh, wow. it is a nice place to work like a nice office to work at so I felt like I wanted to be there too um so I'm not saying like never do that but just don't glorify or like center your identity around being just a nonstop hustler because it's not gonna it's not gonna 
end well for you. You're going to get really burnt out. <laughs> yeah, I really like um, what you just said. Really important. Um, so like, do you mind telling us about like, um, what was the interview process? <laughs> and then like, um, like, how many rounds of interviews? And then like, what did they, I mean, like, like, what are like their core values? Like what they're looking for and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I'll tell you like for every company I applied to, because it was pretty similar to Facebook, mm -hmm. um, starts with like a phone screen usually. Um, so someone calls you, well, they probably email you to schedule it and then they call you and the, um, in the phone screen, just trying to get like a sense of like who you are, validating what they read on the resume, asking you if you like deeper questions about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then if it's a company that does on-site interviews, um, my Facebook on-site interview, like it could be like three to five rounds, depending on your level. I think for new grads, um, you can probably expect like three or four, but I'm not like from Facebook recruiting. So this is not like a set in stone fact. Um, uh, what they look for, they value like being a self-starter, oh. being able to like find a problem and move quickly on it uh, and, and prove that you've like executed on something. Um, even getting like a four-year degree itself, like a, it is, is a testament to the fact that you can commit to something. So that's great. Um, if you have like extracurriculars or jobs or internships on top of that, even better. Um, they look for um, some like either experience in the technical technical space that you're going into or a, a proof that you have the ability to learn it quickly. Because um, to be honest, like a lot of your job will be learning it on the job. You just have to be able to assure your interviewers and your recruiter that you have learned quickly in the past and been able to do stuff. And that you're like motivated, enthusiastic, mm -hmm. uh, like inclusive, fair, uh, open to feedback, um, collaborative, like those are some qualities you don't really learn in all your classes yeah, sometimes, but it's more like soft skills you can build through group project or through job or extracurriculars and stuff. Um, those come in handy, like every single day, every, every hour of me working is like making sure you're like working well with other people. Um, um, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, I mean, th that's like, that's the end of the, I mean, question, but like, that's really important. Thank you so much for sharing like great advice. Like it, it's great. Um, so I, another question is, um, what are some of the learning resources that you would recommend to students of your of your major or not necessarily your major but like your career or on online platforms like your are there some of your personal favorite learning websites or like mm. something you find really useful um yeah um I started just like dabbling in tech obviously like my second year in IVC when I was like thinking about the driverless cars and stuff um I don't no, like online resources, if you really like have your site set on a certain company, um, actually go look at like what the company has published. Usually they have like some sort of newsletter uh, where they post some, some stuff that they can share about like 
new technologies or like new product features and stuff like that. That's a really good way to just like stay up to date on what's going on. And then another thing that in retrospect I did a lot was reading books about like, um, I read like Elon Musk's biography because I was like, he was just kind of like showing up as the driverless car guy. and, you know, that gives you a good history, like not just about him, but about like PayPal and like what his journey was like. Um, uh, I started reading the Steve Jobs one. I didn't finish it. It's a big book, but um, it was just like this pattern. Like I was seeking out, looking at like, who are these leaders who built this space? What is the industry all about? Um, how has it evolved? How, uh, how do they see it evolving in the future? And like, see if you can get aligned with like what the future looks like and also start to think about it for yourself and maybe write a research paper about it or something. Um, uh, I didn't only read biographies. There was some like um, other great authors who write more like academic, not, it's not like an academic book. Like it's not like a heavy textbook or anything, but it's more like a journey into mm-hmm. artificial intelligence or something like oh, that. Wow. So pick your, pick, just go to a bookstore and pick what you like (laughs) is always a good practice to do. Um, Cause yeah, it just gives you a lot of like probably inspiration um, feeds your curiosity and that's what you should be doing in college. Great. Um, I like reading books too. Like I think Bill Gates recently released a book called like how to avoid a climate disaster or something. Yeah, I mean, you should read it since you're like very passionate about like um the kind of sustainability. And I just read it like it was really good. Um, cool, so, thanks for the rec. Yeah. Um, what are like some of the tips you would offer for students to be able to stand out on job applications among four-year university students? Like, mm. um, like maybe like resume tips or like interview tips or like anything. Mm. Um. Mm, highlight your experiences um, because if you want to stand out amongst four-year university people who probably all got a similar degree to you it's all about your experience that like colors in who you are and what your skills are Um, use a lot of action words both in your resume and your interviews like um, I think especially like it's it's been like research I guess that especially women uh, like to say we instead of I, when it comes to like what you particularly accomplished. And it's important to credit like those around you and acknowledge that something is collaborative, but always try to highlight how you personally contributed and maybe like how things would have been if you didn't do that uh, to to just emphasize like what you have to offer. Um, Don't be afraid to brag, practice bragging. Um, Like, your resume is the perfect opportunity to practice bragging, um, but keep um, like when you're interviewing or networking with people, just also um, like show that you like working with people. You you have like humility and collaborative skills and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, as far as getting through the door, I'll give you a, a recommendation on YouTube who helped me a ton uh, during during job application time. Uh, Her name is Linda Rayner. I think it's spelled like 
So Linda, L-I-N-D-A, and then Rainer, R-A-I-Y-N-E-R, something like that. She just does, uh, at least two or three years ago, she was doing a lot of um, professional development YouTube stuff. So it's like completely free and her resume tips like really got me through like figuring out what I should do there. Um, she also has like interview tips. She has a lot of like um, just overall like mindset stuff because she does a good job like empathizing with with the special stress that is applying to jobs and like just trying to prove to everyone that you're good enough and everything. So really recommend her for that. Great, thank you. Um, I'll definitely search her up and then I like, put it put her link in the description when I post it on YouTube. So yeah. Yeah, so um, the last part is like about your university life at Berkeley. So um, like what resources did you take advantage of at Berkeley? And then like, what would you recommend as the first steps for students to do once they get admitted into mm. the university? Mm. Once you get admitted to Berkeley, usually you will pretty much know what your major is and stick mm -hmm. to it. Uh, so meet with your advisor in your major and ask them whatever questions you have. And they'll do the same thing as the IVC advisors who just make sure you're on track to graduate. Um, other resources, the clubs like Blockchain at Berkeley. Um, I did interview for like a few other clubs that you had to interview for and like didn't get in before then. So again, like trial and error, just go to those big club festivals or maybe they're online now, but like the the things where, what are they called? The big days where all the clubs come together and they're recruiting. Club days? <laughs> I don't know how you call yeah, it. They all have different names, I think, depending on the school, but um, go to those. Mm -hmm just do trial and error. I rushed so that I got to know all the different sorority houses and meet people. Yeah. And then ultimately I felt like I didn't have time to be in a sorority. So I dropped out yeah. of that, but I made friends. Um, um, I, I mean, the difference between Berkeley and IVC in my experience is that at Berkeley, you're really on your own. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's the transfer student center um, I think they had like actual events and social stuff, but I really only went there to use the printer. Uh, I probably should have used it more, <laughs> um, like the actual resources and the yeah. people. Um, uh, yeah, make friends, join clubs. Like I think one of the big things you have to actively do yeah. when you're there at Berkeley is like make sure you make friends quickly and like make up for the two years or three years where you other people were making friends so just find your people you will find your people if you keep on putting yourself out there yeah definitely I think a lot of transfer students face the challenge of like trying to connect with people um like within a short amount of time and yeah. did you say like you have to interview to get into clubs yeah there are some clubs like blockchain at Berkeley has interviews now too actually I interviewed back then but it was much like shorter like it was just kind of like maybe one interview but uh there are clubs who also do this type of consulting to actual companies so they have clients and the work is a little bit like an internship it's like higher 
mistakes and they need to just make sure that they're like filling their limited spots with the best people they could find. So yeah, you might have to deal with more interviews to get into clubs, but then there are other clubs like that also do great work that don't require that. So it just kind of depends on the school and the club and what projects they have going on at the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're um, always going to be practicing interviewing. <laughs> yeah, kind of sounds intimidating, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it can be a, a little stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, what are some of the other challenges you face while transitioning from college to university as a transfer student and how you adapted to those changes? Um, I wouldn't say I adapted that well to the fact that the classes were much bigger um, and the content, like it was harder. Um, I think IVC had some good like rigorous courses, but at Berkeley it's it's harder in that they mention it once, like once they mention a topic, like it's probably on the test. Like that's how it feels. It's just like, they're never gonna say it again. They're never gonna explain it again, unless they go to office hours, which I didn't do. Maybe I went to office hours one time for one class. Uh, I would recommend if you want to focus on a class, like go to the office hours. Cause that's really the time when you get more personal like teaching uh, opportunities. Um, uh, I would also, I know you asked like what I did to be successful, but I, again, I don't think I was that successful academically. I think another thing I would do to be more successful academically is in going office hours, like build relationships with your professors. So like the same way I have like such a like endearing memory and like continued contact with my IVC professors is because I went to their office hours and classes were small and like we got to know each other. Um, yeah, at, at Berkeley, I didn't really get to know any of my professors. I just like went to lecture and then left. Um, so that can be a good way to earn your professor's trust by like turning your camera on, on Zoom. I know it's hard. <laughs> um, hopefully by the time you guys transfer, you won't need Zoom. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, getting to know your professors, um yeah I lived on campus obviously because there's nowhere else to like Berkeley has on-campus housing that helped me like make friends and meet other transfer students and stuff so great great um um I have like one question that I wanted to add but like um earlier you said like um Facebook really offers really great perks and benefits so like um would you like to kind of like share to um, people who are watching watching about like what's like um the perks or benefits that that offer sure um in the tech industry in general and i think actually a lot of corporate jobs um there's uh like you you will see a, a um what is it called like a range of benefits when it comes to like healthcare and uh, your benefit uh, your retirement and everything. And, and ultimately like those are the most important. Uh, but then for like the flashier, like nice to haves are like, um, they cook you food on campus or like they used to, they're probably going to adjust when the office is reopened um, so that it's like safer um, the way that they serve the food, but um, cooking you food, like having uh, like a beautiful, well-maintained 
campus with like landscaping and areas to gather and um, you know, like rooms with like cool design and everything. Um, it's just like a really pleasant place to sit and work. Um, and yeah, just like all kinds of food is like the main one. I mean, food, about. yeah, <laughs> food definitely is important. Yeah. Um, how are you being like, I think because you, you're going online, right? Like, I mean, no on campus. So how have you been adapting to like the changes? Yeah, um, um, same way I did at IVC, which is take care of your mind and your body every day. And I'm not like an ex, I'm not like a perfect at that, but it's um, definitely important when the rest of your day is on screen. It's probably not much different from when you're taking classes online. Um, uh, one thing that like takes some adjustment um, but is really important to do is when newer people join your team and they join during the Zoom time oh. or whatever VC time, uh, it's like, um, it's harder for them to adjust to the new job, obviously not being able to see the campus or their team in person or anything like that. So um, trying to invest as much time as you can to the new people who join um, and making sure they still feel like they are understanding like who the community is around them and what uh, their day-to-day -day might look like. So um, I'm, it's like you spend more time on that than before, I think. And it's harder without like a whiteboard or whatever. Maybe I need to get a little whiteboard here, but um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, if you can like invest in like an ergonomic setup like a sit-stand desk or whatever, because it just helps over time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I keep seeing like um, videos on YouTube about that kind of setup, but yeah, that, that would be really great. Um, thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Like, I really appreciate your valuable advice and like it, I mean, it's really um, insightful. And on the final note, like, um, do you have any other tips or advice that you would like to share to our current college students that we haven't covered? Um, um, you guys are unique. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are like a, a really special cohort. Um, don't compare yourselves to anyone older or younger or the same age as you because um, your, your whole experience has been so different. Um, and even if you didn't have to go through that, like um, don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself. So how can you be better than you are yeah. a year ago or the day before or whatever? Like um, that's how you would be able to like build experience and, and build like character and stuff like that without driving yourself mad. Um, and, and ultimately it, it feel more like confident and proud of yourself too. Cause yeah, um, transferring from IVC takes a lot of work, um, but so many people ahead of you have done it and you're the only one who can do it like your way. So take everything I said with a grain of salt and uh, uh, you guys can add me on LinkedIn or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm always happy to talk to like IVC students and oh. stuff. 
Oh, I will definitely link down your LinkedIn profile in the description so that they could reach out to you. And once again, thank you so much for your 